The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the third chapter. Then Jesus went home, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The English author G.K. Chesterton writes in his book titled Everlasting Man, the danger of pessimism is being tired of the good and the danger of optimism is whitewashing the bad. Pessimism tries to make beauty into garbage by distrusting beauty itself. And optimism tries to make garbage beautiful by pretending it is beautiful. Both need to see what is real. The pessimist needs to change his or her outlook by calling beauty beautiful. And the optimist needs to work to change the garbage into something beautiful. Once this happens, both the pessimist and the optimist can delight in what is really there. In the Gospel reading, there are some who have a tough time delighting in what is really there. Jesus has finally come home after gathering disciples, casting out unclean spirits, healing the sick, and preaching the gospel. As you can imagine, he's become very popular, and today everyone has followed Jesus home. Normally, this popularity would validate that he is doing something right. But Jesus' family can only see chaos. 
Whether it was because Jesus brought home a bunch of sinners and tax collectors, or it was all of those sick people, Jesus' family felt like things were out of control, that people were going out of their minds. So they tried to seize Jesus to get control of the situation. By trying, to, by trying to seize Jesus, they reveal something about themselves. The family believes they know how things should run because they think it's their house. They pessimistically think Jesus should do the things the way they always have been done. But it isn't their house. It's Jesus' house. And he wants them to delight in his ways which is nothing else than God's will. So what is God's will? In the Gospel of Mark, God's will is precisely delighting in his family. At Jesus' baptism in Mark chapter 1 and the transfiguration in Mark chapter 9, the Heavenly Father says that he is delighted in his Son. Your English Bible might say, well, please, but the Greek word can be translated as delighting in. That is the Father's will for the Son, to delight. And since God's will is to delight in Jesus, Jesus delights in God's will. This picture of delighting in each other is precisely the image from verses 34 and 35 of the Gospel reading the last couple verses. There are people sitting in a circle around Jesus, simply enjoying being with him. And Jesus looks around at them and says they are his family since they are delighting in his presence. They're delighting in him. Now when Jesus looks, he isn't simply seen but Jesus' look is creative. His delight in those around him make them delightful and delighting. Jesus is an optimist who whitewashes the sins of those around him. He doesn't simply pretend things about them. No, Jesus delights in them which means he forgives their sins, and his love makes them delightful, transforming their wills to delight in God's will. This is the real picture of what is happening in the Gospel reading. God delighted in all of these people who came from wherever into Jesus' home. Since they were delighted by God the Father, they were delighted to be with Jesus. Now, I think one of the best words to describe this image of delighting in one another is just frolicking. These people are so delighted to simply be there. They are like the children who run around in circles outside of church. They joyfully run around in circles for no apparent purpose, except for loving being at church. See, frolicking means to live in a way that is in sync with the way you are loved. 
God joyfully loves these children who run around in circles. So why not joyfully run in circles, delighting in the fact that they have been delighted in? See, rather than seeing people so happy to be close to Jesus, the family saw chaos. And rather than seeing children rejoicing and being loved by God, people could see danger. And rather than seeing the exuberance by everyone approaching the altar at once, people could see chaos. But for those who do, I would echo Jesus' invitation to join the circle. At the end of the Gospel reading, when Jesus points out his real family, he's not excluding those on the outside but he's inviting them to come in to delight in God's will. Everyone who enters that circle, this circle, will be delighted in for no reason except for grace. This means giving up control and trusting this is the Lord's house. Everyone who enters must be ready to delight in God's will by repenting and living the life of Jesus. This means confessing our sins and cultivating virtue. But we already confess this. At the beginning of the service, in our confession of sin, we ask God to forgive, renew, and lead us so that we may delight in his will and walk in his ways. Here, all pessimism and optimism about ourselves is laid waste. And the real picture is shown. Our Lord delights in us so much, he died for us. And with such a passionate love that knows no bounds, why wouldn't we frolic in his ways? As we re-enter our normal rhythm of life together, let us see what's really happening. Things might not be exactly as they have been, but this is Jesus' house. He is here to forgive our sins and pour out his spirit on us through his word and sacraments, which confirms how much he delights in you. And renewed by that grace, by that spirit, we may live each day now delighting in one another and in Christ and in his way. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.